Welcome to the Sports Performance Training Podcast with Stu and Aid. In today's episode, we take a look at who are Aiden's favorite athletes. Some of the names we all know and love, of course, and cherished over the years, and some, or rather one, that pops up who's actually from Stuart's history. And we take a little bit of a look, a bit more in depth of what that actually was, and then we go into a bit more talk about how acceleration with heavy sleds has influenced that athlete and, of course, the training that they also do today. Okay, welcome back to episode two of the Sports Performance Training Podcast with Stu and Aid. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep introducing us both, Aiden, but uh, I apologise for that. Uh, but you, actually, <laughs> oh, damn it. you know what? I've actually just realised that we haven't got an intro. So I don't know what to do oh. about that. I need to, I need to well, by the time this goes out, it probably will have some version of an intro on it, but I've just realized I haven't got one. And I don't know if you listen to, oh, who is it? Who is it? Do you, do you listen to the Joe DeFranco uh, podcast? Yeah. Yes, I do. And he's got that absolute mental pod, the intro at the beginning. You're like, oh, <laughs> like, a, like a movie theater sound one, hasn't he? It's like, it goes like, you know, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the gym. 2,000 feet when he was 17 years old, blah, blah, blah. I mean, <laughs> I absolutely, I, I love that that podcast. He's great. But that is like a movie-style intro. I wonder if I can get yeah. that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I might try and use some kind of musical knowledge and uh, put one together, but that, that's probably going to be rubbish. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to think about an intro. Um, now, we're kicking off already with episode two, and the fact of the matter is uh, we haven't really got that much that I want to get done. Uh, I have made a, a list of some stuff to put down to the podcast and we'll get through to them. But I wanted to kick off straight away with a little bit of a personalised, uh, not personalised, but getting a bit personal. I want to ask you a question or a couple of questions, yeah. actually. Um, you ready? So first one, here we go. Boom. Who is your favourite UK athlete? Yeah. Oh, when yeah. Shit. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> He's a good athlete. <laughs> okay. Oh, that, that is a great question, Stu. Um, I'm going to be biased. You know I'm going to be biased here, right? I, I've got a feeling you're going to be, but go on. Oh, so there's do two, it, two. Okay, I'm going to say two. I've got two favourite athletes, okay? Okay. One bias is because... I used to I used to train with him, and I treated oh. him. Okay, you go in there, yeah, yeah. And then the other one is obviously who I treat currently, and I do say she is my friend. So for oh, me, <laughs> yeah, friend, athlete, friend. Uh, so for me, the first one is Joel Fearon, who obviously Stu you had a, a big hand in coaching uh, through his oh. teens going into his twenties. Um, and then Joel Fearon, yeah. Uh, you can give a bit more information on that. And then the other athlete, and I know she uh, won't mind me putting her name in here, uh, is Daryl Nita, who I worked with. God, what we're we going on to now? Um, so two, yeah, two years. It's been two years that I've been working with Daryl now. Um, and it's just been, yeah, she's just an amazing person just yeah just her person as a person she's great and as an athlete i just see so much potential 
And, you know, being around those days where you see an athlete just perform out of their skin in a training session and you're just like, how hasn't this person ran the times that she should have ran? Um, You know, I was with her all the way to Doha and just being with her um, and seeing that challenge that she went through and just, you know, just missing out on the final and stuff like that and just seeing the changes she's made and just the effort she puts into training and the determination to become the best athlete in the just it's just yeah. amazing yeah yeah no absolutely i think we'll continue with daryl for, for a little bit because uh I do, I do like daryl i think she's so personable uh i remember mm. first time first time i met daryl was because of you actually obviously you were you were treating and i think we came to loughborough to um yeah we were then going for, I think, to Sheffield to do an indoor session. Uh, and God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we got, we got introduced there. But, it's, you know, it was, it was minute. It was, it was small. I was there observing Jonas and um, the Speedworks crew for, the, for, you know, their morning mm. and early afternoon session. But anyway, I remember going to a coaching thing back at Loughborough about two months after that. And uh, I was just sat there, bored out of my head. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know. I'm not, I'm not saying the coaching seminars are boring, <laughs> but oh my days, this was appalling. Um, and <laughs> randomly, she just walked past and she walked past me, stopped and came back to say hello mm. and, and chat. And for me, that was like, you know what? Fair play. We don't know each other realistically. And, you know, you met me once like five, ten seconds. And I was like, you know yeah. what? You're absolute. Oh, I was going to say you're a top bird, but that's not right. <laughs> uh, you, you're, uh, you're, you're an absolute top woman because she was just, you know, really nice, approachable. Yeah. And and as you say, I remember the day that we were there watching and she just trained, trained, trained. And she was trying to perfect her, I think it was block starts on that day along with everyone else. And uh, yeah. yeah, she's dedicated, man. She's dedicated. She wants it and she still wants it. And that's that's great to see. Great yeah, to see. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And then my other one, Joel Fearon. Go on, tell us about Joel, Stu. Uh, I'm not sure Joel would want us to talk about that. No, no, no. So Joel, basically, obviously, we, I, know, I know Joel, obviously, and I think he's, oh, my days. Where to even start with Joel, man? I think Joel joined the group when he was about 16, I think. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah, just moved to Coventry. Um moved you know changed schools and uh came down to the group and at that point uh the, my coach at the time uh charlie kelly uh, absolute legend um, legend yeah elbow back and um <laughs> so basically we you know joel we hold a group there but i was obviously quite senior at that point i'm already like 26 or whatever it is um and that's when i started going into my kind of transition into coaching so i was kind of then started taking over a little bit from Charlie as I progressed and started leading the group into more kind of elements. Uh, the S&C stuff with you guys. Um, yeah. I'd already started influencing the programming with Charlie. Uh, but at that point, I wasn't actually even a, a licensed coach. So, you know, that's, that's that. But we did so <laughs> much training back then, man. It was crazy. I remember there was, you, there was, there was three of you, actually. There was yourself, Joel, yeah. and Martin. Now, yes. you guys, to date, actually, I don't know if I can say that because there's been some good things, but for a good, almost, you know, good block, there was one particular day, I remember, and where all three of you ran PBs. 
Yeah. Like the under 20, under 23 championships. Yeah. Um, yourself, yourself and Martin had broke 11 seconds for the first time. Yeah, I went 10.97, he went 10.94. Yeah. And yeah. I remember, and that was in, I think you two were both in the 20s, right? Yeah. So I think Joel's one year older. So that was his first year in the 23s. And yeah. Um, yeah. And Joel went 10, 4, 7. 10, yeah, 4, 7. Yeah. You know, absolute super. I think he finished fourth in the championships. Um, you know, so just missing out on a medal kind of thing. And it was an absolute superb highlight. I think this was like 2009, I think it would have been. Yeah, and, it was um, 2009, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Cause yeah, because I actually got, I got my coaching license actually that that winter, so that, that's right. Um, yeah. So I wasn't an, an official coach at that point. But you, you three guys, had the just the best day. You know, it was all three of you were absolutely off your head, just so happy, crazy, um, just just brilliant. You know, yeah. I remember, but it was just oh, we were gutted though because obviously Joel got fourth. Yeah. And we were like, oh, I think I remember what championship it was, but it was it came back like an absolute train. Um, it might have been a European in the 23 or something like that, but Joel something didn't like get chosen for that. Yeah, for the relay. And they said they'd been yeah. having relay camps or something, didn't they? Yeah, so annoying. I mean, he never got chosen for that. And I think that that's what changed. Um, not changed, but it, it did cause some issues a little bit because obviously Joel wanted to be closer to that that kind of setup where that would happen. Um, yeah, because obviously Joel left at the, Joel left at the end of that year to yeah, join another club, which is weird. and and went to ended up going to Loughborough, train with um, Kamal. Kamal, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 and you know, and that's absolutely pretty superb, and that kind of leads into that a little bit. If you think about it, because what part of our trade? I mean, it's <laughs> it's in vogue now, isn't it? About you know, heavy sleds. <laughs> you know, everyone seems to start going. Oh, heavy sleds! Yeah, they're quite good, aren't they? Oh, are they? Oh, funny that. <laughs> Didn't know but for that. years, yeah, yeah. For years, everyone's done. Oh, don't you know? Don't slow down more than ten percent. Don't put more than ten percent body weight on. Yeah. It'll change your mechanics. It'll change your mechanics, right? And even back then, you know, as a fledgling developing coach or, or whatever you want yeah. to call it, um, in my head that didn't make sense because the fact that if you're telling me that I've how many running sessions you do in a week. You know, we're going to go micro, micro cycle, micro cycle, blah, blah, mess up. We don't care. I was going to say a week, month, or year, right? The amount of running sessions that you do in that week, month, or year, if you're telling me that if you do two to four sled runs heavy, that that then is going to be, that's going to change your entire <laughs> mechanics for the rest of your entire running sessions, when that's only going to equate to less than 1%. Yeah. Right? Then there's an issue there, right? And then, it's the same kind of scenario with, with the gym, isn't it? Like, oh, don't do this, don't do that, because it'll transfer. Well, it's 1%. It's 1%. You know, if I'm doing that 50, 60, 70% of the time, then yeah, you're right. That's going to start affecting stuff. That, that motor patterning is going to become ingrained and, and there. But heavy sleds back then were our, well, they were oh, our right. go to, weren't they? I well, mean, completely. Well, when you think about it, we would, on Saturday, we would do sleds. During winter, then Sunday was hills, and then we get mm-hmm. past Christmas, and then it was sleds on a Saturday, sleds on a Sunday. <laughs> we had, you know, and that was the thing, you know. You guys had there's a um, a paper now, obviously, and everyone's aware of it from uh, oh my JB Marin, Is it oh, JB yeah. Marin, yeah, JB Marin. yeah, yeah. And we're talking about heavy sleds and its influence on sprint mechanics and sp- uh, sprint performance. 
And there's um, you know deterioration of rate of force. Basically, from the moment you start accelerating out of the blocks, you 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 can apply so much force, right? The maximum amount of force you can apply is obviously steps zero and step one because you're in a really crouched position, slow mechanical movement, maximum amount of force, right? And then speed, the further you go, the less force you can apply. Yeah. Right? That's how it is. The less force you can apply. Simple as that. Or we're talking about horizontal here kind of thing. Now, the best sprinters are able to minimize that loss of force, if that makes sense. Or so a weak athlete, comes out of the blocks within, let's say, five steps, they're only now giving about 10% of the force that they did at step one. Yeah. The better sprinters, the best good sprinters, obviously this isn't exact numbers, by the way, but let's say they have 100% of step one. At step five, they're still able to give 70%. Yeah. Okay, That's not accurate, but it's just representation, right? And what JB, Marin, and Samaris found, basically that was heavy sled can influence that. Okay, it influences your ability to still apply force later in that acceleration, and then that obviously tran- transfers into the maximum speed you can attain. Right. So now, heavy sleds has become big vogue. Right. <laughs> it's massive again. Everyone's doing it. You know, we've got the exogenies, which is you know constant weight. We've got sleds that are there, and it makes sense. You know, it, it's always made sense. It's yeah. never not made sense for some stupid reason. We've got this ten percent rule. And whoever thought about it, published it, you know, needs shooting because it's just stupid because you set <laughs> athletics back yep. quite a bit for you know, developing coaches. I mean, there were, there were sessions and, you know, we do heavy sleds now for occasionally and, and stuff like that, exogenie runs. But we would, I remember, you know, again, mistakes of a, of a emerging coach. We would do, actually, when you look back, it's probably not a mistake. Sled runs of sixty to to, to sixty meters with yeah. sixty kilograms of weight. Yeah, God. But that's, I remember. But that's you know that's eighty percent. That's eighty percent of body weight, right? Which is kind of what people say that. Obviously, there's a friction base within that depending on the track. Yeah, and um, it's crucial, you know. And that's that's what we did. And that's you know, Joel managed to run that year. I think it was six seven four. I think off the top of my head, uh, so, yeah. six seven four for the sixty, and then we came out around ten four seven. Superb yeah. year, right? You guys ran quick. I think I only managed like eleven zero or something that year. I can't quite remember. Yeah, I um, ran actually what I will seven eleven seven fourteen indoors over sixty and then ten ninety seven outdoor. Yeah, I was seven eleven. I remember I beat you over the sixty, but I couldn't transition it to the hundred. Yeah. Um in fact I think that might have been the year when I did my tendon. No, was it? No, that was the year later. No, it wasn't. That was the year after. That was the year after. Yeah, yeah. Um Sorry, we digress. Yeah, that was the top good. But basically, yeah. <laughs> oh my days! We will talk about that another day. That is embarrassing. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> okay, if if anyone hears this, then you need to ask us about the Top Gun uh, remake, uh, and we'll discuss that on another day. That is that's hilarious. Oh my days! I forgot all about that. Oh, that um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, you have completely thrown me now with that. But basically, what I was saying is that, you know, Joel worked hard. Let's go back to that bit. So let's forget about wow. it. Joel worked hard. I remember there was, you know, we would all pick each other up, you know. Oh, my God, yeah. Joel wanted, you know, we'd go get in the one car and go training, you know. Because even though, yeah, I'd get the, the atmosphere. But... I'd get a phone call from Joel. It's like, 
10 in the morning, maybe nine o'clock in the morning, he'd ring me and I'm like, he's like, Aid. I'm like, yeah. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, playing GTA. He's like, no, you're not. Come in training. I'll be at yours in 10 minutes. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd jump, I'd jump in the car and you're in the car already. And I'm like, what's going on here? And he's like, right, we're going to pick Brown up. Yeah. And we'd pick Brown up from his house, Martin Brown. And then, um, and we go to the track and we do blocks or we do sleds. And he was just determined yeah. to be the best. And, yeah. you know, recently I watched um, Joel's uh, live stream on Instagram and he said something. Oh, yeah. And it made so much sense to me. Um, he said, once he figured out what his gift was, and we all know what that gift is, and it was pushing or pulling, you know, yeah. whichever way around you want to put it. But his acceleration, yeah. the ability, his horizontal force ability is just out of this world. He's a beast at it. He realized yeah. that was his gift that he wanted to make it untouchable. And that was his drive. And once yeah. he did that, no no one can touch him at that. You know, that's no. hence why he went to bobsleigh, you know, world's fastest bobsleigh. But yeah, you know. for, for, for anyone that doesn't actually know who Joel Fearon is, if you, you know, the reality is if you listen to this podcast, you either know who we are already or you're already into the sport. Um, but Joel Fearon is a tank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's an Olympic bronze medalist for four-man bobsleigh. Um, and he's also one of the only British men to have gone sub-10 seconds. Yeah. Now, let's just contemplate that for a second. Sub-10 second sprinter, a bronze medalist Olympics, you know, and he's he's just Joel. He's just Joel. Yeah. Just Joel. <laughs> and, it, and the thing, I say just Joel, Joel, you know, one of the hardest working men I ever knew. He actually, he really, really was. Oh. It was, he just trained, trained, trained. It was amazing. You know, and I say, loved it. Loved this, loved the court. Sometimes. Loved his family. Loved his family. Like, Joel made me the athlete that I am. Like, everything you did as a coach to you is one thing, which Joel used to do yeah. the way he would bully me in training. And when I say bully, <laughs> I mean the shit talking. You, you know, we just before rep, he's like, and you even going to beat me today? Are you even going to beat me to two meters? Are you going to beat me at two meters, in? Well, that's it. You know, you, know. you you've been, you was a you've always been a good starter, a good ten to twenty meters. Yeah. I remember, you know, you and Joel would just do so many blocks <laughs> where you just call each other out ten meters. And I think the occasional time that Martin would beat one of you as well, I think that was just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. But yeah, like Joel made me that type of mentality. It's like I always say to people yeah. when I've been around these elite athletes that I've looked after, I say to them. You know what? If you came to my training group, you wouldn't be able to cope with the amount of crap that we give each other. The way we train, just they wouldn't be able to cope. You know, like we train when it's minus four outside, windy, raining, and we're there training. And we're there giving each other crap from the start of the warm up to the end of the session. Like it. And that really came from, you know, the Joel era, Jermaine. Uh, Nick, you know these these guys who really kind of brought that yeah. that crap talking before rep every time. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, that's, that's that's true. That's true. And there's a, there's kind of there's a mental build up for that as well, isn't it? it it's, <laughs> the the thing what I remember from from the, that era, and we kind of hopefully have maintained it for a while. Actually, is a sense of camaraderie. Mm. Uh, that yes, athletics and sprinting specifically, you know, it's a it's a it's an individual sport. It is an individual sport. And, it, you know, you get so little from it. But it's an individual sport. 
it's your world, you're responsible. From, from the second that gun goes, from the second, from the moment that gun goes to the finishing line, you're completely by yourself. However, what you can guarantee with our group, and it's been the same since day one, you can guarantee that you've got about four or five people in that squ- in the crowd waiting for you. Yeah. You know, there'll be two of us, three of us down in the warm-up area with you. You know, whether it's myself as a coach, yourself as therapist, or someone else as a psychologist, or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, we, 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 we go places as a team. We're training as a team. Someone is, is failing in training, someone else is calling them out. Not calling them out to make them injured, but saying, realistically, you know, you can do another rep. Or if you're injured or you've got a niggle, where the ones who are going, no, you stop. Yeah. You control yourself. You step back and you come back another day. I, I probably say it way too many times, but it's one of my favorite sayings is the fact of lose the battle to win the war. And I say it all the time. Yeah, you do. Someone comes up to me and says, hey, coach, hey, coach, hey, Stu, whatever. Uh, I've got a little, little bit sore. All right, stop. That's it. You're done for the day. Yeah. And they want to continue. The reality is if you, if you came to me in the first place, say you've got this, it's already bad enough. Yeah. There's no point. If you're, if you're bringing it to my attention, there's a reason for that. So you have to be, an, not an adult, you have to be aware of that and step back and go, there. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm done. And that's, so, and the team morale, the team whole ethos um, has stuck ever since then. Talking about team camaraderie, think about when you went to the World Masters, Morgan went with you. <laughs> yep. The fastest guy in the group yeah, went true, with true. you to the World Masters. Yeah, so we had, it was, that's true, that's true. Um, in 2018, it was the uh, World Masters Athletics Championships in Malaga, Spain. Uh, there was myself and um, DX, who is another athlete from the group, who's also a Masters athlete, uh, and his wife. Uh, we, and a few other Masters athletes, we got, we got a villa over in Malaga. Uh, it was the end of the season, September. Um, and Morgan actually, you know, end of season said he wanted a holiday so he came out with the with the you know with the group with a lot of masters athletes and hung out you know and he just said oh, i wanted some time off work why not you know and that, you know, that, was, that was a good two weeks good championships yeah well go on Stu go on you can blow your own horn right now <laughs> no no okay so in, <laughs> yeah that was my so obviously world mass athletics championship we all know it's not the same as anything else so it's not that's not point but it was one of the proudest moments of my own athletic career, uh, if not obviously the, the proudest moment. Uh, I actually managed to win the M35 400 meters, uh, and I was, you know, it was, it was just crazy. It was my sixth race in seven days. Uh, I'd competed in the 200 beforehand, and then the 400s, but it was one of those. It was a crazy, crazy scenario. So before that, um, back in May, no, let me in March, sorry. I competed at the European indoors and I, I got a hernia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I got, I got a sports hernia. I, there we go. Pubic, blah, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you probably know that not up, whatever <laughs> it is. Um, in the inguinal canal, yeah. whatever it is. And, uh, that, that was it. I had, I had a hernia. I was done. You know, that, that happened in the four by two relay indoor. Uh, there's a video actually of one of my, one of my friends that filmed, and I'm going around the bend when it actually happened, and you just see my face. I mean, you know, to say that I swore is, uh, you know, another matter. Uh, I just grabbed my groin and continue. I finished. I managed to finish the the my leg, uh, and we actually won that as well. By the way, just want to say that as well. <laughs> so from March, 
so the end of it, end of March, April into May, I think I had my, I actually managed to have treatment. Uh, ended up having an injection in the start of June, I think it was, the end of May. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I had to set myself a plan. One of the benefits is over the years that I've trained in every single fashion you can possibly think of. If someone says, oh, look at this brand new thing. No, it's not new. Guess what? I've done it. I've tried it. There's, there's, you know, in athletics, there's very, very little that is new. Yeah. Um, it's just repackaged. Um, so I've tried every single training regime there is. And that's, so, and that's what helps me a little bit as a coach. I can tell you how it feels when you've done this type of session. And that's why I still train a little bit now is so I can feel how bad my athletes are going through the sessions, you know, how would it actually, how hard it is. But I managed to set myself a 12-week plan. Uh, I lost so much weight. I managed to get back down to a good competitive yeah. weight. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I went out there. My speed wasn't exactly there because, you know, obviously I'd, I'd taken a big hit. Yeah. Um, but I've managed to work the right systems in the right way. And, yeah, I ended up winning. And then what did you do? Did you do the four by one day. or did you do the four by four? Uh, did the four by one and the four by four, four by one and the yeah. four by four, and we won. We won the four by one and the four by four. So I came out of that championship with three medals, uh, Jeez. and it was just yeah, unbelievable. I was so I was so pleased with that. It's just one of the proudest moments. That you just it's something when you win yourself, you know. And I, I, I when I turned a master, uh, obviously turned thirty five. Uh, the medals that I've won had all been relays, four by one, four by four. Yeah, for the past few years. Um, oh, and you know what? So we talked about then about athletes, actually. And I'm just going to shout out for this guy because this guy is the whole reason why I trained as hard when I became a master's athlete, right? So obviously, Joel is an absolute legend and there's no denying that. And Daryl is, you're right, one of the best British athletes who's kind of uh, unsung a little bit. But for me, as a master's athlete, um, Rick Beardsall. Okay. Right. Yeah. Rick Beardsall is, is, yeah, Rick Beardsall is a master's athlete. And uh, he was a very good athlete when he was younger, had a few issues when he was younger. But I remember seeing him win, and it's just crazy. But I think he'd gone to Leon, which was, I can't remember what, what year Leon was, was but that won a championship. And he, and he, he, won, he won there. Um, he was almost like an undisputed Masters champion. Yeah. Over, four, over 400. And I was just like, damn it, why can't I be that? Why, you know, and... and there was an element of me of a little. I'm not even gonna lie because you know I said to Rick, but uh, I was a little bit jealous of how good he was. Yeah. You know, this is this guy is just winning, and I'm like, I think I'm good as a masters athlete. You know, I'm still I'm in my mid to late thirties, and damn it, I'm freaking good yeah. for my age. You know, and I'm like, yeah, he he inspired me to go. You know what? I can push hard, and there was an element of me going, I want to beat Rick. <laughs> And I remember, I remember at the end of the 2017 season, I, I, I think I'd just done the, um, what was it? It was the European Championships in Denmark. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I think I, uh, I finished fourth in the 400 meter final. Yeah. And again, I had it. Oh, that was, yeah. I remember I did my shoulder as well. Oh, so God, I had my, my arm yeah. taped up. Yeah. So I had my, I had my arm taped up. I'd, I'd done my rotator cuff left shoulder. Uh, I couldn't even do block starts. Uh, and that was like two weeks before championships. Anyway, I digress. I came back from that championships and I was like, I'm going to win the world championships. That was it. Yeah. I set myself that target right there and then, you know, 
I was saying to you know Brian, who's another Masters athlete, who came across, I was like, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm, that's my target. I'm going to win one Masters Championship, Athletics Championships. Uh, and that was the year before, and I did. And so I hit my target. And the, and the gutting, absolute gutting thing about this COVID-19, I mean, there's obviously you know, social ecological <laughs> things that are obviously happening. There's far bigger things than, you know, that are happening for, for right now than sport. So let's be honest, I'm not saying anything is, is as bad as that. But this would have been the year of the the next championships, basically. So yeah. obviously there's the main World Athletic Championships, you know, the, the Olympics and stuff. But this year would have been the World Masters Athletics Championships in Toronto. God. Uh, and I, I would have competed there. Uh, and again, I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'm 39 now, so I'd be the oldest in the age group. So it's 35 to 40. I want to turn 40 in the next age mm. group. So it's very, very difficult. And I think no one's actually managed to maintain it and and, and keep the title. That was my oh, target. Wow. I was gonna. I knew. I knew I was gonna. I would. I would, I would have kept it this year. Uh, yeah. And I honestly believe I would have got my my lifetime personal best. That's uh yeah. I, I, the thing is, I saw I've seen you train all this yeah. winter, and I can't argue with that. I generally thought, you know what, Stu could run a PB this year, which is crazy to do at the age of thirty nine. It is crazy. It's crazy. You know, yeah, exactly. My 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 PB is from the Warwickshire Championships in two thousand and one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> how annoying! How annoying is that? How annoying is that? So, and you know what? That was the start of my injury. That was the start of my injuries. You know. Oh really? I remember. Yeah, so obviously the World Championships at the start of start of May, right? So it's like the eleventh of May. I'll go back into my diary. So I've got every single diary, training diary. Yeah. And um, the Saturday was the four hundred, so I had the heat in the final. I went something. I went, it was like fifty point five to get through the heat, and then I won the final forty eight point six. PB, <laughs> boom, happy. The the day after. The day after the Sunday was the 200, right? But this was just a straight final. There was no heats. So it was just final. There were seven people in it. One of them was Brian. And I think, I can't remember who the other one was. But anyway, uh, in that 200, now this is, I've never broken 22 seconds. Never. I just haven't, yeah. okay? Uh, I'm just not, for whatever reason, just can't happen. Yeah. yeah. But that was the day. If it, if it was ever going to happen, that was the day, right? <laughs> I We came around the bend. And I had about 10, 15 meters on Brian and the, and the rest of the, uh, the, the athletes in that, in that yeah. final. Got to about 70 meters to go. So 130 gun, boom, hamstring. Oh, no. But yeah, absolutely gutted, right? But here's the thing. I never, I didn't, <laughs> if that happened now, I'd hit the deck. <laughs> And just go, nope, done. You know, you, you learn your lesson, yeah. right? But when you're young, you don't understand that. You go, oh, pull my hamstring. I can still run. And I'm still trying to run with a hamstring. And I'm hobbling. I get to about 30 meters out, 20 meters out, and I'm still in the lead, right? Yeah. So I managed to get enough, enough momentum. And then one guy overtakes me, Brian overtakes <laughs> me. I ended up finishing third with 22 2. Oh, oh my God. Right. Now I'm not saying I would have gone anything massively good, but it would have definitely been mid twenty one, yeah. and that would have been, you know, oh, I'd have loved yeah. that. But I remember, and afterwards, I'm there in agony and just like, oh my god, my leg, my leg, my leg, ah! so much pain, ice, the whole nine yards. And Brian comes up to me and he's like, 
oh, as soon as I saw your hamstring and I was like 10 meters behind you, I just thought, I'm going to get him. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, where, where's, where's the friendship? Where's the friendship? And just let me go ahead of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like, well, and he, and he gunned it. And Brian actually dipped me on the finish That's line. Brilliant. And to this, to this day, he finds it hilarious. He's just like, yeah, I dipped him and just pulled his hamstring. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? But yeah, that was that was the end for me for that. And ever since then, I, I was I was injured. You know, every year I remember the same scenario would happen. You get to a certain point in the season, uh, and you know, <laughs> there's, there's an, uh, it doesn't matter what what we can say, but um, all those lessons of getting injured, doing the different regimes of training, trying to get back, it taught me a lot about who I need to be as a person, as a coach. And how to manage load and get people back mm. to running, um, and that was that was it. And because I had to do that myself, because uh, I did have to do that myself, I had to teach myself what it was that was happening, how to treat it, how to do it. And that's what meant that as I started going throughout my twenties, I wanted to get more and more involved in mm. coaching, more and more involved in in that performance yeah. element. And that's where we are today. That's why we got to where we are today. And then it started off with you and Joel uh, and the guys. And yeah, yeah. So. And then, yeah, as we approach for Ron, mass athlete, I find my own, you know, I've got my own nemesis, as it were, in in, uh, in Rick, because obviously it's absolutely superb having two Brits who are at the top of the of the World Masters there. So it's good being able to race someone who's of that yep. calibre as well. And there's a few new guys, obviously, younger than me now, and they're, they're good. But guess what? I'm not going to let you beat me. So <laughs> simple yep. as that. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think we'll end that conversation today mate yeah, that's well, right it's absolutely fine um, i know you uh, rambled on yeah. there um god that started from you yeah I'm not your athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just goes on from there doesn't it um what we will do though is from next episodes people so hopefully you got to know a little bit more about myself and aiden um about just generally what we talk about uh we'll have it more structured we'll put some stuff out uh, and see what we've got and um start talking about some sports performance elements oh. that help you actually improve your performance. I know, yeah, how about that? <laughs> Come on. Heaven, heaven forbid we do what the title Oh, my says, God. Right? We're actually going to talk about sports performance training. Know, yeah. heaven, heaven forbid. Controversial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, this has been Sports Performance Training Podcast with Stu and Aid, and we shall see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sports Performance Training Podcast. If you like it, please give us a subscribe and share amongst your friends or anything like that. And of course, give us a positive review. Uh, We really appreciate that. And we will see you next time for another edition of the Sports Performance Training Podcast.